Welcome to 321 No Kidding. Father Yasin here. Happy October 9th. I am still in fabulous Colorado. And I just had, I guess so far, a good morning. It was an interesting night last night. So we'll, we'll start off with the happy news of this morning. It's just going to sound silly as I'm dropping things there. Yeah, I went to go get some coffee. I have a, God, 6 a.m. mountain time call this morning. <laughs> Gosh, I thought the time zones would work in my favor. Sometimes it's a little tricky, but yeah. So went to go get some coffee and bought some coffee, a stranger. Oh, wow. Bought some stranger, a coffee. And I like this feeling like it was something fun. I felt like I was being a little mischievous, you know, because they don't know, you know, well, if you do it right, I guess they don't know really until they get to line and it's like giving someone a gift of starting their day off right or at least that's how I feel about it anytime I've gone through like a drive through and I get a free coffee that whole paying it forward thing it's just good stuff and um yeah so I feel I feel pretty good about that this morning and we had an interesting night last night I went out with my family for dinner my aunt and uncle and then their daughter and family so her husband and the two kids, and the two kids are just so cute. They're such good girls. And we had a great dinner. Some stranger was talking to us from another table, and it was their anniversary. And it was, you know, it was silly and fun. And then we get home, and my aunt asked me a pretty interesting question. <laughs> she says to me, I guess this is just in the spirit of full disclosure, guys, so take with it what I'm about to share with you and, and do what you want with it. But it's essentially about relationships, I guess. She asked me, you know, she's learning that I want to, you know, get in the RV and I'm focused on travel and business and fun and living my best life. And I'm realizing that people don't always understand what goes on in my head or what my actions are or what I'm doing. And that's okay. I'm a big girl and I know I'm living my life to my best self. But she asked me, she says, well, what about boyfriend or a husband or, a, you know, a significant other? And I'm like thinking to myself, well, well what about them? <laughs> like, it's so not on my priority list. And it's not even, it's not even like I'm caught up in the last guy, right? It, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel healed and that I got closure out of that. I'm in a much better place, but... I guess I've I've just never been one for relationships. A lot of it had to do with my gambling. You know, I always didn't want to hurt someone else. I always chose who the guys I hung out with, with some level of keeping me in a bubble intentionally. And again, I didn't want to do the damage I did to Davey. But I also, well, I actually, I don't know. I didn't want to do the damage I did to Davey, and I also didn't want to let people in. And that's what was so heartbreaking about the last guy was I let him in. And that's why I struggled with it. And I'm not avoiding relationships to, I guess, Harry, I'm saying to you all the things that maybe I wasn't really good at saying last night when I had this heavy conversation with my aunt. But essentially, you know, like, it's just not a priority. A lot of people make being in a relationship a priority. And I see the value. Her point was her and my uncle have been married over 40 years. I think 40, 
five they're coming up on and they're a team and they're not going to die alone and all these things that she values as important in a relationship. And then I can see, I can see through her lens on that. Like they are a very united team and they're an amazing couple. And I can understand what she's saying. And now that I feel like I've experienced that like unconditional love, at least from my perspective on the way out, I've felt it receiving it as well from my past guy for a long period of time. Otherwise I probably wouldn't have been as hung up as I am. And you know, you throw in and mental health, addiction, life, all those things. Sometimes the water gets muddied, but at any rate, here's where I'm at. Like this conversation was a difficult one last night because we were in two different atmosphere, hemispheres, universes. I don't know. We were in two different places on this. Like she's an advocate for relationships and I'm just not, I'm very, you know, people may call it selfish. I love the term self-devoted instead. And I know that I have to take care of myself. And I also know one of my biggest struggles is that I'm always changing. And this isn't a struggle for me in life. I love living my life this way. It's a struggle for relationships in life. Like I don't know Oh, this is going to sound really bad, actually. But I don't know that there's a man out there that could keep up with me. And I, and what I mean by that is I change and evolve. And this has always been. And I can see this in hindsight now as much as when I'm living in the moment. But I can't stay still. I have to be learning. Like, I went through a phase with Davey. You know, I went back to college as an adult learner. I got promoted from frontline associate to management and our dynamic started to change because my beliefs started to change as I got more educated. And that's just the way my cycle works is the more educated I get or the more I learn about anything or something that pertains to my life. If the person you're with isn't growing and changing, sometimes it's a a disconnect and it's not going to last a long time. And I've expressed this to my counselor and she's like, Bobby, just have fun. You know, like instead of worrying about what's going to happen in a couple of years, because I know I'm always growing, you know, if I want to date or whatever, I can just go with the flow and whatever happens, happens. And that's the way I'll treat it. Should I decide to date? And I would preach this principle to you or, or anyone Not in the sense of don't be in a relationship, but in the sense of take care of yourself first. Like, I truly believe that the universe is preparing the right guy for me at the right time. That's just what I believe in. Um, And I don't even know if it means that the universe is going to help the last guy be the right guy for me down the road. I'm just not sure. And I don't really, I don't want to say I don't care, but it's just still not a priority. The other facet of this conversation last night, and I've gotten, this is hard, guys. There's there's another point, too. i got to remember. I want to talk to you about, see, I lose it so quick sometimes. All right, I guess it'll pop up again in a minute. Sorry about this. There's two different thoughts I wanted to share with you. But one of the things that I loved about this conversation and that I'm learning to do, and it's not easy, <laughs> So she, here she is bombarding me with feedback in her opinion. And old Bobby, addict Bobby, 
would be a little bit more defensive than I found myself last night. Like I heard her out and this isn't the first time I've said something to this effect in the conversation. Like I'm just going to hear you out. Like I'm not going to be defensive. Like I, I hear you, you know, and I really do. I'm listening and I do appreciate when people take the time to give me feedback and you can tell guys if someone is giving you feedback in a healthy, loving way because they want what's best for you versus someone just preaching their beliefs or whatever, like just giving you feedback as a way to make themselves feel better. That was not the case. And sometimes we just need to shut up and listen. And I just shut up and listened <laughs> last night. And again, I don't know that this is a regular skill in my skill box. Like I needed to practice that. The other piece of this, when I talk about relationships and evolving, this is what happens not just in romantic relationships, but with friends and family. And when we get clean, when we stop gambling, when we stop acting the way we used to act, other people haven't been on our journey. So as an outsider looking in, they're expecting maybe the old version of Bobby to show up or the old version of you to show up. And then when your belief system's changing and, and you start living a little different and your priorities shift, they aren't necessarily caught up to us. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. They're just in a different place. And sometimes it's hard for people on the outside to understand who we're becoming or how to even handle us, how to navigate us. It could be scary if they're, we, we've talked about this in our group a bunch of times, you know, like when we're along our journey, it's our journey and we're in the, that place in time. I always refer to it as a divorce. Most divorces, one partner knows they're getting divorced way before another partner knows. And so let's say that I knew I was checked out a year before my marriage ended. Well, David didn't know that. And he would be essentially like a year behind me, but it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. All things aren't equal, but I would have processed the, started processing the grief and the things, you know, like knowing that the marriage was over and being sad about it, even though I caused it, I could be sad about it and, and look at it, you know, go through whatever stages are associated with it. Davy didn't know. So then when, when it came his time to process his emotions, I had already processed all my emotions. And it's, it's the same way when we quit gambling. If you're quitting gambling and you're say a year into recovery or drinking or whatever, and you're say a year into recovery, what you do in that year, like let's say you did 90 meetings in 90 days, or let's say you go to counseling or therapy or work with a coach or do whatever you do. You have a year worth of work into you and into your recovery. Well, if your partner or your family member or whoever hasn't been doing their own journey, you might be growing and changing and they might not be able to keep up with you or they might not understand all that change and know how to react to it if they're not getting help either. And that's why I always advocate for whether it's Gammonon or something like you can't have one healthy person and one health unhealthy person. In my opinion, it doesn't work and they're not used to the new us essentially. And that's part of what I feel like I experienced last night was Aunt Jen doesn't know this new version of me. I've been, I don't think anybody really does. I mean, the way I've been locked down for the last 
year as everybody. For me, it started last fall when I had my hysterectomy. It was kind of when I went on the, the underground, so to speak, I guess, where I'd been in my apartment pretty much locked up for a couple months before COVID and then Asia and whatever. So I've been really disconnected from my normal population of people. So I'm not the same person. Now, everybody that was in my life prior to all of this then has a couple choices. Either they can love and support me as I continue to move forward, which is the big piece of what I'm trying to express on this trip is how many people do love me unconditionally and care and are supportive versus not knowing me and not knowing how to put up with me or (laughs) deal with this version of me. I have not ran across anyone who like doesn't want me in their life. It's just that handling how we navigate conversations and feelings and, you know, different things. It's different. But if we are doing our core work and living a life with kindness and gratitude and all those things, even if the relationships are strained, we're handling it better. We're handling it different. It's okay to sit there and get feedback like I did last night. And I don't have to agree with everything that everybody says to me. I just need to be open-minded and respectful. And who knows? I've had many experiences where a conversation like last night might hit me two months down the road. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, this makes sense. Or yeah, I align with what she says. So I guess I'm saying keep growing. I'm saying don't feel like other people's values and beliefs have to be yours, but I would also say be respectful and listen. And, you know, I don't mind sharing this message with you on a freaking election year when everybody has an opinion about everything as a whole, maybe the population of the world and our country and whatever are not on the happy-go-lucky side because everybody's still a bit stressed about all the change that's happened. So these are good skills. Be thinking about how we communicate with other people, how you show up, how you listen, how you treat people with kindness, and just let's help each other as a group of people instead of tearing each other down. And this feedback that I received last night was not a tear us down, tear me down feedback. It was a, it was a great feedback and it was her doing what she needed to do and, and say to me. So there's both sides, guys. My thought of the day before I didn't even read the reading yet. We're going to do that here in just a second, but my thought of the day would be go ahead and try to do something to pay it forward today. Let's get this going, right? So if you are, it doesn't have to be a coffee. Coffee is a cheap, you know, thing. Maybe it's something as simple as bringing in some of your neighbor's garbage cans or, I don't know, um, letting someone cut you in line if you're, you know, the one who has 20 items in the express line and someone else has two. Just do something nice for someone else and see how it impacts your day. Because for me, like, Being on the receiving end of the pay it forward movement, I found myself how it changes the whole direction of my day. It's like, oh, my God, someone cared enough. Oh, there's good people out there. Oh, this was, you know, like an unexpected gift. Like all those things run through my mind and it sets the tone for a great, great day. So do that for someone else and you'll see how rewarded you get. But also you'll make someone else feel good. That's your homework before I even start. The reading. So here goes the reading, guys, since uh, I'm a little 
off kilter this morning. So for October 9th, Karen O says, I was a tiger on the outside and a marshmallow inside. In recovery, I'm both, but I don't have to be either. When we were drinking or using, many of us were two people. Under the influence, we were sure of ourselves and our opinions. But the next morning, we were our old, scared, and maybe shy selves again. We thought our drug of choice was a magic potion that unblocked the brave and courageous soul within us. We were convinced we could never be strong without it. What a surprise to find those different sides of our personality blending in a new way of recovery. The serenity, honesty, and spirituality we've found help us chose how to act according to our values and the needs of the situation. With what we've learned, we can protect ourselves from people, places, and things that are dangerous to us and our recovery program. And we can learn to be open with people we trust and care for. Recovery has given us the sanity to know the difference and to handle life in a new way. Now, with the help of our higher power, we can be whole. Today, grant me the strength to defend myself and the strength to be gentle. Okay. <laughs> That's a pretty good, pretty good reading. I think, I think I connect with some of this and actually I think it ties in a little to what I was saying, especially that point in the end. Today, grant me the strength to defend myself and the strength to be gentle. I'm going to tie that in right now. Um, yeah, we need to defend ourselves, but don't take that defend word too literally. Like I defended myself in my mind last night. I don't need to look for an argument. I express some of how I felt about things, why relationships work or don't work for me or why it's not a priority for me now. That was defending myself. It wasn't a F you, you're wrong, you know, like coming across with so much crap in the background. Like say I had a negative bucket and had that conversation last night, how my reaction would have been would have been so much more different than having a positive bucket. Like I'm really secure in, in my recovery and my choices and my relationships. So just that alone could be my defense without even having to have a verbal defense. So I just wanted to and being all over the place this morning. So when we were drinking or using, so when we were gambling, we were two people. I agree with that a million percent. They are, of course, talking in terms of alcohol. So I'm going to kind of go through this again more from a gambling perspective. So while we were gambling, we were sure of ourselves and our opinions. I can see how when you think about drinking, that that's more of a true statement. I know for me, like I felt braver drinking. It wasn't really confidence. It was probably false confidence because I was probably acting like an idiot more than a confident put together person. But I think for gambling, it's not about being sure of ourselves. I think we just go and avoid dealing with people. And when we're gambling, we might feel like a celebrity, you know, if we're getting our, our free dinners or comps or whatever. And then the next morning we're old, scared and maybe shy selves again. You know, the, the grandiosity and the big shotism when we have to go home and face the bills and the damage that we do or look the person in the eyes that we lied to when we were out gambling, like that happens when we're not gambling in that moment. We thought our drug of choice, gambling, was a magic potion that unlocked the brave and courageous soul within us. I think that, again, it's not so much about the brave and, and courageous soul. I think it's more about the hiding and numbing when it comes to gambling. That's just my personal opinion. We were convinced we could never be strong without it. And I would say with gambling, we're convinced we can't be happy without it. 
or we can't survive without having it as a crutch to deal with whatever we're trying to deal with. What a surprise to find those different sides of our personality blending in in a new way in recovery. Serenity, honesty, and spirituality we found help us chose how to act according to our values and needs of the situation. When we went into rehab and I did that values exercise, it was so profound to me how my values shifted just in the course of 30 days. And they continue to shift. I do not feel the same way I felt about a lot of things. Not only just say three years ago, five years ago, but even 10, 20 years ago. I like that. You know, I used to be, I used to hate GA. I used to call it GA junk. Gamblers Anonymous, blah. You know, that was my thing for many, many years. Then I go and I have a great experience and I love it. And, you know, it helped keep me clean for multiple years. Then I go into rehab, you know, I go on my relapse, I go in rehab. We have GA in there. We have GA when we come out. And again, I was a big advocate. Even when I started the show, I was more passionate about GA. But now, as I learn more that there's other methods, that there's other ways that maybe literature that is 65 years old doesn't necessarily touch everyone the same way as it once did. And it's not that the message is any different. It's just that how we deliver the message in, in today, things change. And my values continue to change. Like, I'm not necessarily, and I'm using GA, I'm just kind of picking on it as one of my values, is I would have said to anybody who wanted to quit gambling, go to GA, go to GA, go to GA. Now, I'm going to always recommend that they try GA because I know that it works so well for some people. But I'm also going to ask them to, you know, explore other things because there's not, it's not a one-size-fits-all in recovery. It's just not. What we've learned, we can protect ourselves from people, places, and things that are dangerous to us in our recovery program. And that was another part of our conversation last night was about, you know, dealing with people in my life that are challenging. She had suggested that I do X, Y, Z to take care of one of these people. And I, I'm not going to build my life to take care of someone else, especially an addict. Like they need to do their work. I'm here to help anybody who wants to help it, but I'm not here to be manipulated. Nope, nope, nope. There was a post this morning. I loved it on on social that said, an apology is just manipulation if nothing changes. I think something to that effect. And it's so freaking true. Like you can apologize over and over again, but if you're not taking action, like if you're not walking the walk, then your apology like loses value as far as I'm concerned. We can learn to be open with people we trust and care for. Recovery has given us the sanity to know the difference and how to handle life in a new way. And that's what I'm talking about as well, as we can be open. Maybe me and my aunt did or didn't agree last night, but we were at least open and honest and we had a conversation that you know, maybe most people don't have those kinds of deep conversations. <laughs> like my uncle who ran in the other room. He's like, oh, you guys are having a heavy conversation. It's kind of funny. Yeah, he's a dude. So I'll forgive him for that. That hold this against him. Ooh, pardon me. It's just kind of funny. So that's my whole night and morning and reading thrown into a nutshell. I'm going to continue to remind you guys, do you, like protect you, be you. Be safe. If you don't have the tools in your toolbox yet for those difficult conversations, don't have them. 
It's okay. Excuse yourself from the situation. Yeah, I don't think I'm up for this talk or whatever that looks like. Don't stress yourself out, you know? So that's what I got. Hope I wasn't too all over the board with only three sips of coffee in. But I'm running late now for my class. So I hope that you guys have a happy, happy day. And I will talk to you real soon. Thanks.